Well, hello, and welcome to Spirit-Led Hope. My name is Glenn Erickson, and in this episode, we're looking at the courage to be wrong. This is episode one, so before we look at our topic, let me just take a few minutes to give you some background on this podcast. The purpose of Spirit-Led Hope is to encourage people in their pursuit of God and really to discuss practical ways to live a life led by the Holy Spirit. See, we pursue God because he first pursued us, right? God initiates everything. He's the great initiator. But we want to pursue him in return. And I really believe that no life should be more exciting than a life led by the Holy Spirit. And I really do think the Christian life, the Christian walk, should be one of adventure. And of course, here, you know, here I'm not talking about like zip lining down a mountain every day. I'm, I'm not talking about that. But but that there be something in our lives that brings a fullness, something very complete, that, that when you wake up in the morning, you kind of wonder, well, God, what's, what's going on today? Who will I meet? Will I meet you today? Will we have a fresh conversation? Will something happen in my family that brings you glory? Will something happen in my family that's a challenge where, where I'll rely and trust in you? All those things, right? That's a life of adventure. It's a life of fullness. Uh, and yet, I would say this. Many Christians will admit that their life seems no different from the lives of people with other belief systems. And that would certainly describe where I was 30 years ago. So I became a Christian when I was like 10 years old. But in my 30s, I became very unsettled about my faith. I'd probably say it this way, that maybe I felt a little lost. I just really wasn't quite sure what I believed or that if what I believed was... um, was worthwhile, was accurate. Uh, I don't know, just unsettled really probably is the best word. And that really started a two to three year journey of challenging what I believed. Because I thought, well, maybe maybe I believe what I believe because I was raised in a Christian family. And I wanted to challenge that. I was an adult now, and I, I wanted to say, well, as an adult, would I come to the same conclusion? So I looked in other religions I looked at atheism, which is a type of faith. It's got its own set of beliefs. You know, I reread the Bible. And where I landed at this end of two to three years was very surprising, actually, to me. So you need to know that I'm really analytical. Growing up in my generation, I was considered a nerd. Now, I know today we have this word geek and nerd. I've never quite figured out the difference between the two. I've heard a lot of definitions, but at least growing up, I was considered the nerd. Uh, I was the co-captain of the chess team. I was the manager of the cross-country team. I was definitely not the jock, although I had many friends that were jocks. I wasn't. A, I, I was. That wasn't me. And at least at our high school, we had this thing at Valentine's Day where they would we'd nominate people for like the most athletic couple for the funniest couple. Well, I was the guy for the brainiest couple. That was that was me. I was definitely this this nerd. So very analytical. Ended up after high school, went on, got a degree in physics. And really for the last uh, almost four decades, I've made my living through the practical application of scientific principles. And I've had the, I've had the privilege of working with some great engineers and technical people. I've had the privilege of inventing things that are used all around the world in manufacturing. And in fact, that leads me to a disclaimer that I need to put in here. So I'm working. I, I, have, a, I have my day job. And the views that I'm expressing here in this podcast are those of the, the, my views. They are not the views of my employer. 
So I just want to make sure that everyone understands that there's a separation between what I'm saying here and the and the company that pays my paycheck. All right, so that's just the quick disclaimer. So the key thing is I'm a technical, scientific type of guy. That's me. In, in a sense, you might say, well, isn't it surprising that your journey took you back to Christianity? And it's it was interesting because as I think back on that time, looking at these other religions, looking at atheism, I found that the one... The one source, uh, the one thing I investigated that kept appealing to me and kept standing the test of time was the Bible. And so my journey ended up taking me back to Christianity. And interestingly, it took me to believe in Pentecostalism, which wasn't on my radar at all. So I was not raised as a Pentecostal. If you don't know what a Pentecostal is, you know, in this podcast, we're going to get there. I was raised to be anti-Pentecostal, really. I was very, very legalistic and rigid. I think that's something that most people view as the opposite of a Pentecostal life. And maybe even more surprising is that now I'm an ordained lay minister, which basically means I make my living as a technical nerd or technical geek, but but I'm also licensed as a pastor. And so I, I don't want to say I have a dual life because I believe our Christian life is not dual. Wherever we are, we're living a Christian life. But I guess in terms of my function, even even though at work, uh, many people come to me kind of almost for pastoral advice. I'm, I'm not functioning as a pastor, I'm functioning as a friend or a manager or, you know, or a colleague. But my life does seem to have this kind of weird duality about it in the sense that I'm a technical guy during the week, but I'm a pastor on the weekends. I, I help people in that way. So I, I hope that makes sense. Again, we're Christians all the time. But it's just that I have these kind of, I serve in these two different roles. Now, I'm putting this podcast together. I'm anticipating that the primary listeners are Christians, but this podcast is for everyone. If you want to know more about Christianity, then please subscribe and listen. What you're going to find is this is going to be a very friendly atmosphere. You can even send me questions. I'll try to answer them over the course of this podcast, but this is going to be a friendly place. This could be a safe place you know what? You don't have to agree with me. We might have very radically different beliefs. Maybe maybe you are an atheist, or maybe you, you, you subscribe to a religion or a faith system that would be considered very opposite of Christianity. I'm not going to bash anybody, all right? This is going to be really pointing to God, pointing to what Scripture says, and if we disagree on something, then fine. We'll agree to disagree, but you will be loved here, and you will always be treated with respect that's going to be one of the goals of this podcast. My hope is that we will pursue God together by living a life submitted to the leading of the Holy Spirit, and that out of that life, we experience joy, peace, and hope. So that's a brief background. That's enough for us to go on for now. So let's get back to our topic for this episode, which is the courage to be wrong. To a large extent, We've already been talking about it. When I was feeling unsettled in my Christian faith, my journey was really one of seeking the truth. So seeking the truth, if I if I look back at the time, that was like a major component of who I was at the time, and it, it really still is. It's kind of the way I'm made. As a Christian, we know that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So really, a Christian should be dedicated to seeking the truth Because in some way, Jesus embodies the truth, all right? Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the life. 
But like as a scientist and as an engineer, I'm also seeking to know the truth as much as possible. I do recognize, first of all, that there are some people that say there is no such thing as absolute truth. I will not argue with the fact that we cannot always know the truth completely, okay? In fact, just from a Christian perspective, God is infinite. And if Jesus said he's the truth, he's, he's the truth in life, well, I can only know Jesus in a small amount because I'm a created being, right? So, But I do believe there is absolute truth and it's founded in God. And again, that might be something we agree to disagree on. Whether or not we can know that truth completely, I would say, no, we can't. We're on a journey to know the truth. But we should be pursuing truth as much as we can. And what I find is that seeking the truth requires a very significant realization that to know the truth may require that your current beliefs are wrong. And that, that's something that's, that's kind of a, a follows. If, you, if you're going to seek the truth, it means that you may find that something you believe in is wrong. Now, as a scientist or as an engineer, for whatever reason, I find that seeking the truth just isn't a hard thing to do. In fact, it's very liberating to learn the truth because it helps you design better software, better hardware. And so mechanical and software inventions work better like when you know the truth. Tools work better when you know the truth. Problems are easier to solve when you know the truth. And there, there's something that for me is very easy in that technical field to just go after the truth. But as a Christian, and as a, as a husband, as a father, sometimes I find it's harder to accept the truth because it, the, being wrong in that case seems to have this really deep personal implication. It's just not the same. When, when I find out that my belief in how a software program works, when I find that I was just wrong in that, that doesn't really bother me. But when I find out that maybe there's something about my personal core my personal core beliefs is wrong, that's a lot harder. And for example, maybe there's a moral component where I find out that, oh my goodness, based on what I just learned, I'm not such a nice guy, you know, or something like that. It becomes much harder. It's more personal. And maybe you experience that same thing. Sometimes when we learn the truth about something, it can kind of shake us up. And we can find that we want to run away from the truth or like be in denial. So what we find is that it takes courage to be a genuine truth seeker. It takes real courage. This is not trivial. It's not trivial at all. Here's a simple test to see if you're a truth seeker. So take a moment and think about your beliefs in God, your beliefs. So you might be an atheist. You might be agnostic. Christian, and under Christian, there could be all sorts of different denominational differences, whatever. Uh, You could be Catholic, you could be Protestant, right? You might be a deist, a theist. So whatever label you want to put on yourself, as we present more topics and look at them, are you willing to change your beliefs about God? So it's just a simple question. Are you willing to change your beliefs about God? So if you say, there's no way I'll ever change, then I suggest that you're not really fully seeking the truth. Because a genuine truth seeker is willing to adapt to new information and really to change the system of beliefs if they find that something's wrong or maybe just even incomplete in what they currently believe. And that can take tremendous courage. 
And to a large extent, that's what happened to me. In my journey, I found that I had a very incomplete understanding of the character and nature of God. And it did kind of shake me up. Growing up, I was like a zealous young Christian man. Our church had this thing, kind of like like the equivalent of the Boy Scouts. And I was the guy that got every badge, that got the highest award. That was me. I really knew that Jesus was my Savior. That wasn't a question. I knew very little about the function and operation of the Holy Spirit. And I really, I guess I'd say it this way, I was more focused on Jesus as my Savior than recognizing that He was Lord. And I did recognize the love of the Father. So I recognized the love of the Father. Holy Spirit was kind of out there, not really on my radar. And I limited Jesus to kind of like, hey, you're here to save me. That's kind of where I was. And so it was very different as I pursued God to have to adjust and realize that I was really incomplete and that I was missing something. Now, maybe you'll find something similar as we go through this podcast. Especially if you are an atheist, you might have to challenge your uh, belief system. You know, because of my career and love for science, I do try to keep aware of the latest scientific developments. And what you'll find is that there's been this move in science towards a very atheistic worldview. And this worldview has become really, in many cases, very antagonistic and hostile towards the Christian faith. So, like a really good example of that, I know it came out like, I think it came out like in 2006 or something, but there was a book by uh, Richard Dawkins called The God Delusion. And if you're a Christian and you try to read that book, it can be hard to read because basically there are times when Richard Dawkins would kind of say, hey, you're a fool, stupid fool if you believe in God. And not only that, but you're causing harm because of your belief in God. You know, like that was hard for me to read, to challenge my own viewpoints, right? And so if you're an atheist listening to this podcast, I'm not going to be derogatory towards you. I'm going to be friendly towards you. And I hope that you would have the courage to listen at least to some things I, I have to say and that would be useful to you. If we hear something contrary to what we believe, then we either need to show why it's wrong, or if it's true, then that needs to be incorporated into our belief system, and that and that can be very difficult. Again, that takes courage. All right, so how does all of this pertain to a spirit-led life? So when you're committed to seeking the truth, you will find that God readily points you to it. And now how does he do this? He does it any way he chooses. Now, that said, God's given us this book, this book of truth in the Bible, and his Holy Spirit inspired the Bible, so the Holy Spirit is there to help us. So, a Christian, by definition, has the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk a lot more about that in future episodes. And so, the Holy Spirit will help us understand what's written in the Bible and will speak to us directly. And then God's also given us a brain. He's given us free will. And when the Holy Spirit presents truth to us, then we need to evaluate it and decide what to do with it. So when we choose to change our belief system and to act on the truth, we just find that things work better. Remember earlier I mentioned that inventions and tools work better when we know the truth? Well, it's the same thing in our lives. Our relationships thrive the way we act, everything just is better because we're functioning out of the truth. And and really, what I'm talking about here is nothing new. Really, if you're a Christian, what I'm talking about 
You've already done. And that should give you, that should encourage you and give you hope because you've already done this. So think about it. To become a Christian, one needs to admit that your way is not God's way. We know that we need to repent, we kind of, which just means that we turn away from the current direction we're going in, and then we accept this grace extended to us by God that came about because Jesus sacrificed himself for us. And so it's the same mechanism. To become a Christian in the first place, we have to admit that we were wrong. So we've already done this, but we need to put it in practice throughout our entire lives. I think what Christians often forget is that just because we're saved by God's grace, that doesn't mean we get to stop working on ourselves. We are in an ongoing process of improvement. So that mechanism of seeking truth is just like what we practice when we first reached out to Jesus. You know, we study, we learn, we evaluate, and we respond to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and then we admit we're wrong, and we move into a new life. That's a courageous life because we see the way we really are, and that can be hard. But I just want to encourage you, when we do this, the Holy Spirit is faithful to help us change. And we're going to talk more about this when we do some episodes on the fruit of the Spirit. But today, let's challenge ourselves with this question, am I willing to be wrong? And it's a foundational type of question. It's got all sorts of ramifications in our life. Can I admit that I'm wrong to my spouse, to my children, to my coworkers, to my neighbor, whoever, you know, just, just name, name a bunch of people. Can you be, can you admit you're wrong to them? If you are that type of person, then you're in a great place and you're positioned for the Holy Spirit to work in you. Now, if you're not in that place, take some time and think about it. Pray about it. Why not? What would it take to become someone with the courage to be wrong? I don't care what your belief system is. If you ask God for help in that, he will help you. All right. Hey, this topic is really significant because it's an essential part of a spirit-led life. Look, only God is right all the time. And we're going to fall short of that. But when we have the courage to be wrong, the Holy Spirit will use that to bring changes in our lives that give us hope, that give us joy, that give us peace. That's what God has in store for us. So, hey, I want to close this episode with a blessing that comes from Romans 15, 13, and it goes like this. And I think it's going to kind of be our standard closing. It goes, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Till next episode, take care.